Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Right now, join T-Mobile and get an unlimited family plan with Netflix included so you can watch in more places than ever before on your phone, tablet, or TV. Plus, buy one Samsung Galaxy S9 and get one free with 24 monthly bill credits so you and your family can binge your Netflix favorites on your new phones. Call 1-800-T-MOBILE or visit a store today. Unlimited data on their network. Video streams at 480p. Small fraction of customers using over 50 gigs per month may have reduced speeds. If you cancel balances due, well-qualified customers, full price, 720 plus tax. Finance agreements required. Netflix for two screens. Terms apply. And you know what? I've just heard one of the best chants this past day. And it's one of my favorite and it's new. And I hope you all learn it. Because I'm about to drop it right now. You know what I got to say? To all those people that doubted us. To all those people that counted us out. And to everybody who said that we couldn't get it done. What my man Jay and Jai just said. Guys being dudes. Whoa. 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 Yeah. What's better than this? Guys being dudes here on the Draftees Podcast. I'm Joe Marino of NDT Scouting and FanRag Sports, joined by Kyle Krabs, who is the founder and the director of scouting with NDT Scouting and also with FanRag Sports. We are your hosts here on a Monday edition of the Draft Dude Podcast. We are counting down the weeks. I think we're like seven, maybe, well, probably longer than that. We're, we're six weeks until I think draft guides are ready to start coming out for you and I, Kyle, and then probably another month after that, we will be uh, ready to take in the 2018 NFL Draft. Kyle, welcome to this Monday edition of the Draft Dudes Podcast. Yeah, man, what are you doing talking about draft guides? I still, I, I, I still got a couple mountains to clear before we get there. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be here before we know it, and uh, this class is a fun one, and I, I think that's why I'm really excited for. Uh, today's show concept because that's going to give us a chance to get some of the fun takes not from you and I but from the people Joe and we are the people's champions here on drafting absolutely it's takes on takes I did this uh, on a solo podcast several months ago and we we knew we wanted to bring it back but we're at a point now where I think people are getting a good feel for this class and so it's time for round two of takes on takes where We've asked you for your NFL draft takes, and we told you that we're going to react to them. And we're not going to be nice if they're bad. I promise you that. Uh, and we're going to roll through these things and, and uh, give you our takes on your takes. Kyle, you ready to do this thing? 
Let's get some takes on takes on takes on. All right, let's do a Chachi. Frankie Myers, he says, my comp, uh-huh. my comp for Cortland Sutton is Kelvin Benjamin. Kyle, you want to take this one? I think that's very disrespectful. I do too. Personally. Yeah. Cortland Sutton. I think Cortland Sutton moves a lot better than Kelvin did. Um and I don't Chachi, I'm not I'm not talking at you right now, but I think it's an, always an interesting thing to see play out when you see bigger body guys, right, get tabbed. And th- I'm not talking about Cortland Sutton specifically right now. I'm talking about Auden Tate. Uh, Auden Tate's the big one that we see it with. Uh, can't separate. Like Marcel Aitman can't separate. I think you watch Cortland Sutton run some routes. You see some separation there. And, and I think the Kelvin Benjamin issues were more along the lines of what you see from the bigger, stiffer guys like Marcel Aitman. I think Cortland Sutton's actually very surprisingly fluid in my eye for a player of his size, Joe. Kyle, do we let the cat out of the bag with our comp on him, or do we save that? Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. No, let's it's it's pretty rich. No, let's, pretty let's rich. Do, we'll, we'll go – when we do our next episode of comps, we'll drop that on the next comparisons episode. Right. People let's, have- let's not let that – no, people got to subscribe to Draft Dudes on iTunes and follow along so they can get that. That's called a tease yeah. in the business, folks. It's a hot, it's a hot one, though. It's worth the wait. It's worth the wait. Oh, yeah. Good story behind oh, yeah. it, too. Uh, I can't wait to, to share that one. We'll move on here. We've got Anthony at A2Low11. The Browns will draft Barkley, Saquon Barkley, first overall, trade out of fourth, and take Kyle Aletta in the second round. Uh, I would say that's fiction. Um, I don't think that the Browns are going to mess around. They're going to go ahead and get a quarterback at number one. I think it's probably going to be Sam Darnold. And uh, Barkley certainly in play at number four, but then to trade out of number four and get Kyle Allette in the second round would be um, way too Brownsy of a thing to do uh, in terms of passing on the quarterbacks that they could good ha- they could have at the top of the draft. They've seen this play out before where they've passed on quarterbacks and it didn't work out, and they've got some smart football people in place and and uh, and Elliot Wolf and John Dorsey and uh, and uh, Scott McLuhan. So I don't see this as a a true scenario, and actually, I'll even say this: I, I, um, I was talking with our buddy Luke Inman on a podcast, the Draft Wrap podcast, that he had me on, and we talked about the possibility overall of the of the Browns trading out of number four. I don't think they should do it, Kyle. I think they should get their quarterback at one and go ahead and get another blue chip talent in this draft at number four. You've got plenty of ammo the rest of the way to to fill out your roster, but when you have a chance to add another top of the draft player at number four, I think you got to stay put and do it. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, could you imagine the firestorm? And look, I know teams aren't making selections based on like the fans' reactions, but could you imagine the firestorm if if the Browns passed on the QB group again? Odds are, even if 80% of these guys bust, there is a guy who's going to work out, and the Browns have the top pick. It is their responsibility to identify that guy and make sure that they get that guy. I don't think you play games here because the Giants need a quarterback. Mm -hmm. The Colts at three might need a quarterback after what we've seen in the past couple weeks out of Indianapolis. And even if they don't, the Jets and Broncos are right there as candidates that also need a quarterback. 
So there's too many landmines here if you're Cleveland to roll the dice on anybody else at one. And Joe, the biggest takeaway here is I see you're warming on the Sam Darnold to Cleveland Browns hype. I, I wouldn't do it personally. I just think that's who they're going to take. It's, mm-hmm. it's, more, it's more of me being a forecaster on that one, Kyle. And I'm a fan. I'm a fan. I, I, I totally agree with you. Joe, next one. Speaking of quarterbacks, this All one's right. interesting. I want okay. to bring this to the table. All right. This is from Stephen Bounds. Says Josh Rosen's quote NFL readiness is overrated. Teams don't draft a QB based on how ready he is six months before his rookie season. Now, I want to jump on this because I agree and I don't agree. I don't think his NFL readiness is overrated, but I do think it's a very interesting point to say teams don't draft based on the readiness that he brings to the table right now, where I, I think the take has kind of jumped the shark a little bit is to, if he's suggesting that Josh Rosen being a pro ready prospect makes him overrated because I think Rosen has the ability to step into an offense and win against tight man coverage. But the idea that teams aren't drafting on how ready they are six months before their rookie season starts I don't know that I disagree. It's, I mean, it's one of those dynamics where like, if it was my job on the line, I wouldn't do it that way. But do you see teams that do their business this way? Uh, yeah, I, I think that that's one of the best things about Josh Rosen is that he is NFL ready and I can plug him into an NFL offense and I've seen him do uh, what he's going to be asked to do in the NFL already. And, um, and that doesn't mean that he doesn't have upward mobility. I think he absolutely has upward mobility and NFL ready. And that's why, He's right there at the top of my quarterback rankings. Kyle, I want let's let's get this last quarterback one out of the way here because uh, this is a question that I would typically take, but I want to hang up and listen to what you have to say on oh, this. No. It's, it's it's sent in from our buddy David Bowen, and uh, it's through uh, Nick the Dolphinator thirteen. He says, "I think the Bills are packaging picks and will move way up to get a quarterback." Kyle, what's going on with that? I want to know what ammunition they have to move up that far. Because 21, 22, 22 and 20. 53, and 56. Okay, listen. This is like NBA draft here. If you're talking about moving up into the top five, your late first-round picks are worth diddly-poo. Okay, so I don't see a way that the Browns entice any team picking up inside. Like, maybe Denver, if Denver signs Kirk Cousins. They, they would be the only team that's like, yeah, you know what, let's move back 20 spots and pick two guys back-to-back. Like, you'd have to give up 21-22 next year's first and at least a day-two pick this year. Joe, I'm going to ask you, do you want to give that much up? Uh, for for Rosen and or Mayfield, I, I would be interested in doing that. But if it's for Darnold or, God forbid, Josh Allen, uh, no, no, I'm not doing that. Okay, well, let's uh, let's stash that one away. Because I'm hoping that it doesn't come to that. I do not want to see you lose from. I've seen you on edge for a round five pick. I can't imagine seeing you on edge for a trade up for a quarterback prospect. Oh man! Yeah, well, we'll see. We'll see. We you could get a first uh, experience with that. So, uh, Kyle, this one is from Matt uh, Peckin at Peckins. Matt, he said, "There isn't a first round safety in this class." I'm assuming he's slotting Minka Fitzpatrick at corner. Um, I'm assuming he's slotting Derwin James at 
linebacker, <laughs> I suppose. You know, I, I just I think there's good talent. I, there's a lot of safeties that I actually like. So, I mean, even if you want to slot Minka over at corner, you still got Derwin. I don't think Ronnie Harrison challenges that high, but Ronnie Harrison's actually pretty solid safety. And then this is Deshaun Elliott from Texas, who has some off-the-field questions that may knock him down a little bit. But as far as his on-the-field product, he's a really nice blend of like over-the-top coverage to stay leveraged over routes, ball skills, size, hitting power, ability to step up and play the run. Uh, I just I think there's too many good safeties and too few good safeties in the NFL to see these guys slip that far. Yeah, I, I like uh, I like Derwin. I like Minka in the first round, and, and I do agree with you that Ronnie Harrison is is a little bit on the outside looking in. But if you told me that the Steelers took Ronnie Harrison at the end of the first round, I would not be surprised at all. Yeah, um, Ronnie's Ronnie's a big hitter, but I like Ronnie in a, in a third portion of the field as well. So this is this is not a guy that's just a quote unquote box safety. I think he can bring. Uh, a good amount to the table. Otherwise, Joe, next one I'm bringing is from Zach Herbert, Zach underscore, I'm sorry, Zach Hebert, Zach underscore Hebert 20. Darius Geis will be a better pro than Saquon Barkley. I'm going to kick it to you. <laughs> it, it can, can we just say that it's okay to like both and that they can both no, be really good pros? Not. Like, no. I know that's just crazy to say. I can, I like both players. Um, there are things that I like about Geis uh, that I don't get in Barkley and the things I like in Barkley, they don't get about getting Geist, but uh, I'm not going to sit here and say that that's true or, 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 you know, I think that, I think that Barkley has a higher ceiling, but I mean, like, I think they're both going to be star featured running backs in the NFL. Like I, I, I don't know, like so much of that depends on the scenario and like, you know, the infrastructure around them and, and what type of, you know, Play calling. I mean, there's so much that goes into that, man. I think I, I'm going to take the easy road out and say that they're both going to be really high quality starters. That's very soft. I respect it, but it's very soft. Kyle, you, you have an opinion on this, or did you want? Are you ready to move on? Um, I don't know, man. Saquon's just. The question with Saquon's division, right? It's do you think he has a vision problem or do you think that he just doesn't trust his offensive line? I think his running style doesn't necessarily match his build, but I also don't necessarily think that's a bad thing because I think that leads us to some extra self-preservation. Now, he does need to get the discipline down to when you got gaps, you got to stick your head down and get through it. But Saquon doesn't take a lot of big hits. He knows how to protect his body. I think when you pair that with the physical skills that he has, I think if you encourage him to get north-south, you put him in a gap power style offense, I think that's where I like him best as compared to guys who's more of a zone style runner for me. Um, I think if you get those guys in those conditions, I'm still taking Saquon Barkley. Sprint's Unlimited Plus plan. It has Hulu, title Premium, 15 gigabytes mobile hotspot, and full HD. Atlas, we need to shout that from the rooftops. Best deal ever. I didn't mean literally. Switch to Sprint's Unlimited Plus plan for just $42 per line. But hurry for a limited time. It's now $22 per line when you bring or buy your own phones. Visit Sprint.com slash Unlimited or call 1-800-SPRINT-1. Price with $5 per month auto pay discount. One Hulu limited commercials plan for Sprint account. Features differ. Offer coverage not available everywhere. Excludes taxes, fees, and roaming. Requires new line subject to credit. $30 activation fee speed. Maximums, use rules, and restrictions apply. 
Yeah, we we certainly went in depth on Geis and Barkley last week uh, in an episode of the Draft Dudes podcast. So make sure that you circle back and listen to that for Kyle and I's in-depth, uh, you know, detailing of those guys' skill set. Uh, Kyle, here's an interesting one from Thomas Vanchin, T Vanchin one two three three. He says, uh, "This is his take. Arden Key goes top ten. I could see it. I think the the big question, obviously, is the off the field stuff, right? Like." There's some questions about, you know, substances and if he used and, you know, what was this extended absence that he took from the team in the spring and health questions this year. Joe, you and I talked a little bit about Arden Key, and we had a pretty interesting conversation where both of us have taken the time to watch his 2017 film now. And I, for one, am putting more stock in the 2016 tape than I am in the 2017 tape because you can tell physically – He's never really fully back. It's the same thing that we're going to do with with Harold Landry and even Darius Geis, another LSU guy. Um, Key has all the traits you need. He has excellent pass rush traits as far as length and twitch and bend. Uh, He didn't really put that all together this year. But what he did do this year is he showed he can play the run pretty well. I thought he got into some nice run fits. so you're seeing a guy that meets prototypical size that's showing on tape some versatility when he's healthy to rush the passer and play the run. Uh, it's a, is a team going to feel comfortable with him off the field? And if they are, he's got first-round traits. He's got top 10 traits. So I don't, I don't think it's a hot take just for the sake of being hot. It's what team are you going to find that's going to fall in love with him and needs a pass rusher? that's going to get desperate because Cleveland Farrell went back to school. Yeah, and I think that the landscape of this draft actually sets up well for Arden Key because after Bradley Chubb, you know, I, I don't know that – I think the pass rushers take a, a big dip, right? And and so Arden Key's like a guy that you can take – you can roll the dice on, but I, I don't think I, – I really – I have a hard time thinking that he's going to go in top 10 where you really just have to get returns – on your investments and some of the, uh, the questions that Arden's brought to himself uh, in the last 12 months. I, I don't think he goes top 10, but I, I think that when it's all said and done, he could have that type of an impact, but man, he is just too risky for, for my blood in that area. Well, I mean, you look at say a Ruben Foster and some of the questions mm. that Ruben had last year going through the draft mm. process and getting sent home from the combine and, some of the nonsense that he had there. And there were, there were some speculations and, and rumblings of, about him out of Alabama and fast forward a year and Ruben's gotten himself into some big time trouble. And the off season's like six weeks old. He's got arrested twice. Uh, that's a problem. So you get another guy and obviously each one of these guys is individual. So you don't, you don't want to start profiling guys based on rumors, but this is stuff people have to vet. And you know, this, John Lynch came out and said, you know, we almost took Ruben Foster in the top five. So you, you don't, you dodge that bullet, then you trade up and you get aggressive and you take him at the end of round one. And these issues manifest themselves. And it's okay. At some degree, these guys just kind of who are who they are. And if they have this questionable decision-making, you either have to invest a lot of time and infrastructure around them to keep them out of trouble or you're going to have to let them navigate the minefield by themselves, knowing that they've got magnets strapped around their waist and that that story's not going to end well. Kyle, you ready to roll on for another defensive hot take here? This comes from Nick Kendall, 
at Nick Kendall, MHH. He says, Taven Bryan, the Florida defensive tackle, is a top 10 player in this upcoming class, has the highest upside of any defensive player in this class, and will be a future 10-plus sack-a-year player from the interior, from the 4-5 tech or 3-4 or 3 tech in a 4-3. What do you think about that, Kyle? Uh, Yeah, I like it. I'm going to go with it. You know, he's just... He's a trip, man. Heavy, powerful hands. He knows how to get guys off their set. He's really quick and twitchy. Uh, He's playing in a a defense that really just defensive coaches encourage guys to create chaos. Create chaos. Well, one guy zigs and the other guy zags. Next thing you know, you got a 10-yard lane at the line of scrimmage. And a lot of these plays that people are dogging Taven Bryan for not finishing, he's not going to cover three guys' gap off to his right-hand side. Would you like to see him gear down a little sooner? and not press so hard up the field? Sure. But I think you put that in a more controlled climate, you're going to get a lot better results. So I'm with Nick. Uh, I'm buying in on the massive ceiling of Taven Bryan. Kyle, I'll say some of that is good. I I think that Taven Bryan is a top 10 player in this class, but a a 10-sack-a-year player from the interior, I mean, that's just like – that doesn't happen, right? Like, not consistently. There's guys that get 10-sack – seasons from the interior, but I don't know about like perennially, but I do think he's a top 10 player in this class. So, all right. So, part of that so, so put him on the lexicon of like Aaron Donald, Geno Atkins, JJ Watt. No, if he's at his best, if he reaches the ceiling. Oh, sure. Sure. Yeah. He has 10 sack a year potential. So yeah, I, I got you on that. Yeah, for sure. He's got that type of upside. Absolutely. Okay. Now you ready for another? Yeah. Hit me again. All right, here we go. Um, There is not a first-round offensive tackle in this class, but three will go in round one. That comes from Joe Romano. Joe Romano, 51, is the handle. Yeah, no, I'm not buying that. I think there are first-round tackles in this class. I think Chikumo Corfor has got first-round qualities. I think Connor Williams has first-round qualities. I think Jamarco Jones has first-round qualities. Um. Heck, I, I didn't even know this was a hot take, but I still like my freaking McGlinchey. Like, I don't know when that became something that's like contrarian, but I think Mike and Paul. Joe. Yes. I got one more for you. This one's hot off the precious from Uriah Dawkins. Okay. Wide receiver Dante Pettis will have the best rookie season. I'm assuming he means at wide receiver. So let's let's fill in the blank for him. Wide receiver Dante Bettis will have the best rookie season of the 2018 wide receiver class. That's I got the most impossible ones, Kyle. First, like how do I know a team he plays for? You know what I mean? Like so much of that goes into play. But I will say this: that Dante Bettis is absolutely worth a second round pick. He is a very very detailed route runner. He's very smooth. Uh, he's very flexible. You watch him get in and out of his breaks. I mean, he is as crisp and smooth and fluid as any receiver in this class. He catches everything, and I mean everything. He's a dynamic punt returner. So there is a really nice skill set to work with with Dante Pettis. I think he's going to be an outstanding uh, number two receiver that's worth getting drafted in the second round. But if I'm going to sit here and say that he's the most productive rookie, I, I mean, I, I, I don't, I just can't even begin to answer that because I don't know what team he plays for. Okay, I'll give you a layup. Okay, all right. We're gonna wrap. We're gonna wrap up takes on takes with Andre Simone 
at Andre Simone says Ronald Jones will blow up the combine and go top 15 hashtag takes on takes. Ronald Jones will do well at the combine, but I do not think no, he goes no, in the top 15. Blow up. Will he blow well, I, up the combine? Blow up is like Obi Melifonwu, Byron Jones, uh, that type of madness. And no, I don't think he's going to do anything like that. I think top 15. I think there's going to be two first-round running backs. It's going to be Geis and Barkley, and that's going to be it. And I think Ronald Jones is going to be an outstanding day two selection that makes somebody very, very happy, just like they, uh, the Alvin Kamaras and Dalvin Cooks and, and Joe Mix and those types of players. But um, uh, I, don't, I don't expect him to blow it up. Uh, he's got to go top 50, right? Oh, absolutely! But top fifteen, man. I mean, you you think look, Christian McCaffrey went top ten, right? So you, you, it's not that ridiculous to think. But I just, I don't know, man. I, I think there's just too much, too many other players in this draft, too deep of a running back class for him to get that type of consideration. Um, do we want to talk about John Ledyard real quick? Who's about that? John Ledyard and and yeah, I know who's that guy. <laughs> Who the hell's John? His, his Sony Michelle takes. Yeah, I like. Do, Sony. Should we give him a little love here? Yeah, like where we had a huge debate, like massive debate, like at each other's throats in the NDT scouting Twitter DMs uh, this past week, debating the merits of the running back group, and where you know Rashad Penny, looking at you, Jonah Tolls. Uh, <laughs> uh, Sony Michelle, John Ledyard, um, Nick Chubb, yours truly, where these guys fall. Joe, yeah. can can you please settle this debate and just off the cuff here, just stack these guys for me as far as y- your preferences? Oh, absolutely, Kyle. Um, I, I think number one for me is going to be Saquon Barkley. Number two is Darius Geis. Number three is Ronald Jones. Number four is Sony Michelle. He scored just above Nick Chubb for me, sir. Uh, and uh, I think I just love how compact Sony Michelle is uh, for a big guy. And he's got a lot of power and he sees the field so clean. And so I think that's what sets him. I, mean, I love Chubb. They scored like within a point for me. I mean, we're talking very, very, very close. All right. But for me, I, I just love that compact running style and the power that, uh, that Sony Michelle offers. Um, but I also, one more hot take on these running backs is that like at RB number like 15 is where you can find carry on Johnson. Oh, geez. Stop it. You're just you're <laughs> trying to get fired up here. Of course I am. Do, do you think when you, do you think when you take the entire picture into account the experience and production and do you think that's going to break this very close segment from chubb and michelle wide open like and this is the fun part about scoring the way that we you know is you can sit here and you can start to kind of read between the lines and say okay you know this guy's got better production and i know these guys are super close so this kind of stuff can matter and be tiebreakers yeah, it's going to be because uh, they're so close on film for me. Um, Nick Chubb's going to be a little bigger, right? So I think he's listed at 5'10", 230. Michelle is 5'11", 215. I think Mich- Chubb's going to be more 225, 220. That's probably pretty accurate for Michelle. Um, production, 
is in favor of Nick Chubb, obviously. But yeah, I think it's going to come down to the athletic testing, you know, and the stuff that weighs heavily for me is going to be like, you know, the vertical jump and, and the 10 yard splits and, and uh, some of those agility tests, I think are really going to be the, the separating factors. But I mean, you know, it's splitting hairs to an extent. I mean, they're both going to be good football players in the NFL and um, both worthy of second round picks, in my opinion. Okay, that's fair. That's going to do it for us. But today. you don't see it like that. Wait, 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 wait. Don't put words in my okay. mouth. Don't put words in my mouth. Right. Listen, I like Sony Michelle. Stack him. All right. Do you want me to stack him? Is he, is he, well, yeah, I want you to stack him because I have a feeling that he's not even going to be in this top five for you. Uh, Probably not, no. Um, okay. Saquon Barkley, Darius Geis, Nick Chubb. Okay. Oof. Don't at me. Right. Don't at me. And I actually have a tie between Ronald Jones and John Kelly from Tennessee. Oh, man, you are on that John Kelly train. I am on that John Kelly train, dude. He can catch. He can run. Uh, That offense was a dumpster fire. (laughs) Oh, yes, it was. Yes, it was. It was really bad down the stretch. So uh, I think the best glimpse you get at John Kelly is against Florida last year. It's his best game. Uh, The first month of the season, he played very well. Um, and then Sony Michelle is. Let me count count the scores here. Have my producer do some counting for me on the fly. Uh, he's seven, so I have those five, and then I actually have um, Mark Walton up there, and then Sony Michelle is behind Mark Walton. So just based off film, obviously Walton's injury and Sony Michelle's experience and and more production, and I expect he's going to test well athletically. Uh, I think. If I'm projecting where these guys finish ultimately, I do think Sony Michelle pushes in the top five. I think he'll be RB5. I think he'll pass John Kelly and he'll pass Mark Walton. Okay. And carry a very strong evaluation. And uh, carry a very strong second round grade before anybody else accuses me of not liking Sony Michelle. <laughs> Dude, I did a I did well, a radio it's... spot with uh, Cleveland Browns Daily. And one of the the listeners added Nathan Zagura and and, uh, Mark, the hosts of Cleveland Browns Daily, the next day and said, hey, started following this guy after his spot yesterday. I don't think he likes Sony Michelle. I don't – like when did (laughs) – when is that my MO? When did that become my thing? I don't know, man. It's uh, – you have to take into account people are going to kind of see the recent stuff and – and, and, and so maybe they were harping on that, but um, sounds like he's a top five back in this class for you. So, we, you know, you do like him. Yeah. Lo and behold, the mystery is solved. I'm glad we could settle this here today on Draft Dudes. I don't hate Sony Michelle. I think he's a starting caliber running back at the next level. And uh, with that in mind, we're going to put a bow on this podcast. We'd like to thank each and every one of you for taking some time out of your busy Monday or whatever day of the week you circle back to this podcast and listen to us Uh, We kindly invite you to hit subscribe on the show. Stay up to date with us as we work through the rest of this uh, winter and spring build up to the 2018 NFL draft at the end of April. Uh, You can reach Joe and I on Twitter. Joe is at the Joe Marino. I am at NDT scouting. We would love to get your next segment of takes on takes, Uh, get that into the tube and and ready to crank out for you guys. Uh, Also being sure you swing over to NDT scouting.com. We're starting a new series for all 32 teams where we're looking at a, a predominant issue with each team's roster and identifying a number of draft prospects that can help 
fix that. So Joe just did defensive tackles for the Buffalo Bills. I did tight ends for the Miami Dolphins. Uh, really fun to sit down and write because it forces us to put our GM hats on and kind of solve these issues. So highly recommend you guys swing over there and check that out as well. I'm Kyle Krabs signing off with Joe Marino. This is the Draft Dudes Podcast. We'll catch up with everyone on Wednesday. Right now, join T-Mobile and get an unlimited family plan with Netflix included so you can watch in more places than ever before on your phone, tablet, or TV. Plus, buy one Samsung Galaxy S9 and get one free with 24 monthly bill credits so you and your family can binge your Netflix favorites on your new phones. Call 1-800-T-MOBILE or visit a store today. Unlimited data on their network. Video streams at 480p. Small fraction of customers using over 50 gigs per month may have reduced speeds. If you cancel balances due, well-qualified customers, full price, 720 plus tax. Finance agreements required. Netflix for two screens. Terms apply. Right now, join T-Mobile and get an unlimited family plan with Netflix included so you can watch in more places than ever before on your phone, tablet, or TV. Plus, buy one Samsung Galaxy S9 and get one free with 24 monthly bill credits so you and your family can binge your Netflix favorites on your new phones. Call 1-800-T-MOBILE or visit a store today. Unlimited data on their network. Video streams at 480p. Small fraction of customers using over 50 gigs per month may have reduced speeds. If you cancel balances due, well-qualified customers, full price, 720 plus tax. Finance agreements required. Netflix for two screens. Terms apply. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.